All right. Hey, crew. I hope you're all having an amazing week. I know I am. As some of you know, I am a high school track coach in my spare time. (laughs) I say spare time. I literally have no time. I am trying to make my clients happy, and I feel like I'm failing or behind at times, which makes me so incredibly upset. But track practice is like 2.30 to 5.30 every day, so... I'm away from my work computer from like 2 to 6 every weekday at least, and a track meet on Friday or Saturday until late into the evening. It's really a lot more time commitment than I think I was ready for. Since moving into my own place last month, I've really had to ramp up my business to make more money, which meant taking on another client, and I'm actually in the talks with one more as well, just to be safe. And it was hard enough uh, before taking on my new client, managing my time with track. It kind of sucks because even though social media is what I do, it's track that I love doing the most, but it pays close to nothing because our school system is, well, you know, it's not well-funded. Like if I break it down and calculate how much I make an hour with practice and all of our 12 hour long meets, I'm making like $2 an hour. It's really bad, but I absolutely love it. I love being outdoors. I love being active. Most of all, I love coaching young minds who are determined to better their performance. It's really my jam. Do you ever think about other career paths? I feel like I'm so ingrained in social media as my career that it's hard for me to think about doing anything else as a full-time gig. Don't get me wrong. Like I love the clients I work with. I love being able to utilize my creative brain and combine it with my logical strategic side of my brain. It's all really interesting for me. And that's what keeps me going is that I'm constantly challenged and learning more and being able to, again, utilize my talents to help businesses reach their goals. I remember talking to Anthony Yepes back in episode six, and when he was talking, I felt a sort of alliance with him as I do with many social media professionals. Social media is such a hard field because everyone technically knows social media. Everyone sees posts on what to do and what not to do. Everyone can technically post and come up with hashtags and learn how to essentially do what we do. So a lot of people think our job is easy, but it's not easy. In fact, I still think it's hard. When I was developing a retail strategy for fashion brands, it was almost easier because in retail, you have to have a team. You have to have layers of people helping to execute this strategy. Back then, I was working with well-known brands, so I just had to think about how to re-engage with people who already knew the brand. Social media, it's so different. Like, you first of all need a marketing mindset and really be on top of what's going on at all times. And more than likely, you don't have a team, or at least you don't have a big team, or layers upon layers of people helping you. And more than likely, as a social media manager, you probably aren't working with brands that are super well-known unless you've been in the game for a long time and were able to secure you know, that amazing career. But even still, I was working with very well-known brands strategizing their social media, 
and it's not always easy to turn things around. I mostly work now with emerging brands or small businesses. I do this because I have personally built and grown small businesses and it's something I really thrive on. I like to be in the weeds from the beginning. I want a hand in the marketing. I want a hand in the branding. I want a hand in the messaging and voice of the brand so that I can fully feel that when I am strategizing their social, I understand the brand inside and out. And that's why I want to talk about building your presence on social as a brand. I will give you some insight into how I plan content, and it always starts with me building out the Instagram feed before planning any other platform. I say this a lot, and I may have said it before on this podcast, but I believe Instagram is the best platform for your business at this point in time. It has every single tool you could ever need. You can post photos, videos, there's earned media with reach through reels. You can post stories for quick newsworthy content. You can go live and be with your community. You can sell your products. It literally has so much for your business to succeed that it supersedes every other platform if you're a business that's looking to grow or make sales. But how do you grow on social media? So let's start with my strategy of planning an Instagram feed and going from there. All right, so I use Figma. It's a software that allows me to set up a grid feed. Figma was not created for social media, not necessarily anyway. In fact, it was created more for web designers, but it does allow you to do so much and the way that you want it, so that's why I like it. Figma isn't for everyone. If you don't have a UX brain, you might rather use Planoly or a similar feed planning option. Whatever you use should be what you love to use, not what someone told you to use. So I use Figma because I love building out my feeds and being able to comment on them and share them with my clients to get approvals and you know so on. Aesthetically, you want your Instagram to be the foundation for your brand. It's basically like your brand book. If someone goes onto your Instagram page, they judge you based on your overall content. No longer are the days of needing perfectly matched photos with presets. No one really cares about that anymore, but they do care that you at least have a somewhat curated looking feed, AKA a branded look, something that fits together. Not oversaturated photos, no. More like a feed that shows who the person is behind the brand. A few reels here and there, a few photos, a few informational or carousel posts. So this is why I like to start with building out a client's Instagram feed so I can show them what that looks like. Then from there, I decide what's appropriate to post to other platforms and what content only works on other platforms that I can't show on an Instagram feed. For example, say I have six posts in Figma that I plan to post in two weeks. In my calendar, or if you use Later or Heyorka or Cloud Campaign, whatever it is, you can start thinking about what messaging would work on platforms like Twitter and LinkedIn. Sometimes you're going to repurpose your Instagram content to other platforms, 
but sometimes those platforms benefit from you posting specific to them. Like LinkedIn, you'll want to post a poll once in a while to try and reach a wide audience or an article related to your business that you decide to write a few sentences about. On Twitter, you'll want to write a thread related to your field, and you may have less planning and more reactionary content to what's going on in the world. The strategy isn't just one platform specific. If you're working with clients or just one company, it's more than likely that they're on more than one platform. My suggestion is to start with Instagram as a visual for the messaging that you're trying to convey. And that's something that you can just get approved by them, right? And then from there, you expand. Okay, so we all know how to grow on Instagram at this point, right? (laughs) Make sure you listen to episode 10 of this podcast and learn how to do that. To break it down clearly, you'll need to do the following. One, be on the app. If you want to show Instagram you're serious about growing, make sure that you're showing up and being active on the app. Instagram will recognize you as an active user and appreciate you for using their app as your social media presence. Two, use all of the features. If you're new as a brand on Instagram or you're trying to revive a dying account, make sure that you're utilizing the features Instagram provides you. Don't just post a story and leave the app and hope it does well. You'll want to do things like post reels, post stories, go live, add products to your shop, engage with other Instagram users, find posts you like in the search tab, and so on. If you use the app, the app recognizes you as active, and that's important. Three, post content that you like to see. If you post some bullshit quote that everyone has posted and seen before, it's likely that it won't do well. Post some content that grabs attention and resonates. And four, lastly, (laughs) interact. There's nothing sadder than being on social media and not being social. Do you like to follow people, you know, besides huge name celebrities that don't give you the time of day? Probably not. So give people the time of day. It truly goes a long way. I'm like a poet. (laughs) Okay, now that you know how to leverage your Instagram account, it's important to discuss how this works hand in hand with your other platforms. Every platform, whether you're ready for this or not, has a different audience. It may have the same people, but the audience is different. Okay, hear me out. I personally am on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Reddit, Snapchat, Clubhouse, YouTube, and probably more that I can't think of right now because it's so late. So I'm on all these platforms, but am I the same person posting on Instagram as I am on LinkedIn or even Twitter? No. I mean, I I am the same person, obviously. But what I mean is every platform I'm on, I'm receiving different content based on what I want to see on that platform. Example, I love to see other female entrepreneurs posting about how badass they are on LinkedIn, so I can either be inspired to be like them or connect with them and host them on my podcast. On Twitter, I love a good joke or a short commentary on whatever is happening in the world. A good marketing thread is something I enjoy on there too. On YouTube, I'm getting my info that I need. I want to know how to do something or listen to people talk about something that increases my knowledge. That's when I go to YouTube. I use Reddit for almost everything. 
Like, I want to know why Will Smith punched Chris Rock. <laughs> Not cool, by the way. I go to Reddit. I understand what happened, and I, I read everyone's take on it. Facebook. Ugh. I don't know why I go to Facebook anymore. I literally go there to see how my clients are doing on there, like their, you know, Facebook pages. And it's always pretty dismal. I'm not going to lie. So the point is, your strategy always revolves around one thing, your audience. If you have only an Instagram account and nothing else, then your strategy is built around your Instagram audience. A strategy can include, and usually does include, a brand new audience who doesn't know you exist yet. If your brand has a few platforms, guess what? It's time to absolutely hire a social media manager who can manage all of that for you. A strategy on Instagram doesn't equal a strategy on Twitter, but Twitter, I would argue, is one of the most important social media tools we have in today's social world. So you need to hire someone like many of the listeners of this podcast who can strategize the visuals of your branding on Instagram and the voice of your brand on Twitter. Marketing isn't always cut and dry. Sometimes you wake up and your whole plan goes to shit. Social media managers make it possible for your brand to always be relevant and purpose-driven. Okay, so that is how you grow on social media. And I may have more parts to this episode uh, to dive deeper into each platform, but essentially... Every audience is different. Even if you have literally the same people following you on every platform, so your strategy must reflect this. Cater to the audience at hand. I'll give a quick example of how I use the same content but tailor it to different audiences on different platforms. I created a video, for example, about a yoga teacher and posted it on Instagram and Facebook highlighting what they do and how to book a class. On LinkedIn, I skewed the language a bit to cater to HR managers so that they know that they can hire this company to provide health and wellness practices in their corporate offices or online. This is just one example of how you can cater to different audiences with the same goal. Lastly, before we end today's episode, I actually got a question tonight from a podcast listener, Brianna, on Instagram, who is just starting her social media business. She asked, how can I answer a client who asks what the ROI is after showing them the proposal? Okay, so this is a great and interesting question. So many times you'll give a proposal to a potential client and they might not trust you, right, to do the work, especially if you're new at this or don't have any client referrals. The answer to a client who asks what the ROI is, aka return on investment, is fairly simple, but must be broken into a few parts. The first part is, if you're doing paid media, aka ads, then you're pretty much required to say you're planning on, you know, X ROI. Example, and take this with a grain of salt as I don't do paid media. <laughs> Listen to the last episode if you're interested in ads. But say you're doing paid media and say you're running Facebook and Instagram ads you want your ROAS, ROAS, your return on ad spend to be between like an eight times and 13 times. So say you spend $100, which you're going to be spending way more than that, depending on what kind of ad you're running and say it's, you know, a sales type of ad 
where you're selling a product or service, you're hoping to make about $800 on that $100 ad. That would be your KPI, your goal for that ad spend. Now, we all know it's nearly impossible to spend $100 on an ad and make $800. So don't do that just because I mentioned it in this podcast. Again, listen to episode 19 and understand an actual good advertising budget. Now, if you're going into organic social and a client is like, what will my ROI be? My return on investment. Let's put it this way. You have an issue with your AC unit. All of a sudden, it's not working. Do you try and fix it yourself? Likely not. You're not trained to fix AC units, so why would you? Being a social media manager is exactly the same. You're providing a service for someone that doesn't know how or have time for social media, so it's time for you to start treating it that way. Your job is to present the brand digitally because that's what you're trained to do, so the return on investment doesn't really make sense. You're there to provide a service that they cannot or will not do. So you're not there to recover the amount they're paying you. You're there to provide a service cut and dry. If your client wants you to make back the money you're getting from them by posting on social media, my best advice is to run and to run fast away from that company. There are things that you can provide as goals, right? Like KPIs. You can say, my goal is to get you 100 new followers this month and 15 clicks to the website and for each piece of content I share to receive at least 65 likes. But your job is to never recover the investment. They invest in you so that you can help them, not to completely run their business finances. I mean, that's crazy. I hope this episode was helpful. Please message me on Instagram so I can answer more of your questions. And I will probably get into it more. I don't know if you guys can hear my dog behind me. She has anxiety and she just like runs around like crazy. Anyway, um, I will get into it more about how you can grow on each platform. But um, the one thing that you should remember is that every platform has a different strategy. And you can utilize what you've done as for Instagram as like your template and build off of that for each platform. Okay. Have a great rest of your week crew. Ciao.